Hey, welcome to another episode of Backbar Presents Bass and Bands. Today is one half of Tofu Shop YJ here and also Jesse, aka Henry. Hi. It's your boy. Oh, who is this? It's your boy's skinny penis. A bit more introductory. <laughs> <laughs> and that, that actually that's looks pretty well. That's the one I was after. <laughs> Give us a proper introduction. Okay, hello. My name's Troy. I'm one half of Twofold. My name is actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my name is Troy. I'm half of Twofold. Catch me on TikTok, Uncle Tix. <laughs> you can find me DJing at House on Hood. DJ named DJ Boomy. Well, are you still DJing at House, like helping us? Oh, that's a that's a good question, actually. Just just a bit of fun fact because I mean, Troy plays the heaviest and nastiest <laughs> dubstep <laughs> trap drum and bass in Bagbar, but he also has a disco side of him as well. Yeah, it's like my alter ego. Yeah. It's like it's like yeah, I don't know. How do I how do I Ever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Essentially, yeah. I am still playing at house, but not as much as I used to because it's winter time and I usually play at summer sessions. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But the first summer sessions inside Scoop is happening on the 23rd of September and oh. uh, mm-hmm. there's a saucy wee number lined up for that one in terms of the lineup. So 20, 23rd of September? I think it's the 23rd of September, I think so. Okay, okay. Yeah. I think I might have heard something through the grapevines, yeah. but we'll, we'll keep it yeah. secret for now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You heard it now. here first. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you heard it here first. Well, you kind of heard it here first. <laughs> but also, yeah, for a proper introduction of Troy De Silva, he is the second in command, uh, one of the big dogs of the back bar. Shit. <laughs> he has had a long history of back bar, I reckon, do you reckon? Yeah. Fuck, cool. can't. Yeah, <laughs> fucking A. I've been there for a fucking long time, bro. Like, too long. Like, I'm too fucking old for this. I don't know. Je- Jesse's giving me a look. Because <laughs> Jesse's older than me. But I'm too fucking old for this shit. Actually, good yarn for you. First time I ever went to Back Bar, I was 17. And I convinced the bouncer. 17? Uh, yeah, I was 17. Jeez. Because so, um, <laughs> what's, the, what's the legal age of... um? Clubbing? 18. 18. 17. Yeah, I was, yeah, I was 17, 17, 17, 17, 17. Oh, okay. At the time it was 17. <coughs> right. <coughs> um, I uh, convinced the bouncer, well, I didn't really convince him, but I just like started talking to the cat. I talk a lot of shit. If you know me, you know that I talk a lot of shit. Yeah. And I got talking to him and turns out he went to the same primary school that I went to. And I was like, oh my God, were you in this person's class? And he was like, yeah, bro. And I was like, holy shit, I was in your class. And I didn't have an ID on me, obviously, I was 17. He's like, oh, sweet, bro, yeah, go in. Oh, <laughs> nice. And that was like the start of the year. And yeah. I was like, okay, sweet. So I started going in there. Fuck, there'd probably be about 10, 15 people max that went through that place. But when I was going in there, it was like Jackson and I, and we'd go in there and it would be Bevan, Josh Penn. Uh, oh, I haven't yeah. heard that name in ages as well. Yeah, bro, <laughs> Movan, like a whole bunch of the OGs playing, Nicola, Keegan Jones, and... We just loved it. We loved it in there because it was like the, the, the music that they were playing was just not commercial. We're like, holy fuck, this is sick. Yeah. Can you remember yeah. what music was playing? Yeah, fucking A. Rusco Pro Nails. Uh, I remember that so vividly walking in. There was Rusco Pro Nails playing. Bass Cannon, Flux Pavilion. It was like Dadsick era. It was uh, like UKF mm. sort of 2009-10 dubstep. Also, the big three in Trap, Flostradamus, Arl Grime, Bauer. That was getting rinsed in there, which was sick. But yeah, we, we used to go there because that was the kind of stuff we'd what, listen to. What year was that again? 2013. Oh. Yeah. So we would go to, we'd go to Back Bar and we'd go to uh, this place called Agenda, which is like oh. the back wall of Back Bar is like on the other side of that back wall, that's Agenda. 
Bro, we're time tripping right now. Yeah, bro. Oh my god, this is nostalgic airs for me. Yeah. Um, so we'd go into Agenda, and Stu Edwards would be playing in there, and he, we would request songs, and he'd actually play the songs. That's Holy another fuck. name I haven't heard in ages. Yeah, bro. <laughs> Stu and Bones as well. Yeah, Bones is the king of Agenda. Um, so we'd go in there, and they'd like you know you'd request Skrillex or something, and they'd play it, and we'd be like, oh fuck yeah, that's sick. And then we'd go to Back Bar and do the same thing, and Bevan would play and be like, fuck yeah, that's sick. Um, but yeah, so went, went to back bar for a few weekends with, with the boys. And then one day I get this friend request and I'm like, who the fuck is this random cunt? And I look at it and I'm like, holy fuck, Jackson, that's, this is a DJ from fucking back bar the other night. Yo. And I was like, oh shit. He's like, yeah, fuck it is too. So I added him and then it was Bevan Nichols, motherfucker. And then he messages me and he's like, hey bro, like I see you come through the back bar every now and then like, you know, what's your deal? And I was like oh shit, this guy knows I'm underage. Like, I'm fucked here. Like, oh, I thought he was going to roast me. And I was like, oh fuck, I just play it cool, play it cool. I was like, oh, you know, like I just like the music, eh? Like, it's real sick. And he's like, oh yeah, like blah, blah, blah. And then we got talking. Um, and at the time I was learning how to DJ via Jared Tooley, one half of Twofold. Shout Wait, Tooley taught you how to DJ? Yeah, bro, yeah. We went to- I did not know that. Yeah, bro, went to high school together and he was like, yeah, bro, I'm learning how to DJ. And I'm like, what the fuck? But no, Jared Tooley taught me how to DJ. And then, yeah, we learned on CDJ 800s and he had a Serato box. So I'd bring my laptop around and I'd load up Serato with all these songs that I downloaded. So I'd go around to his house, like have a mix. And then, yeah, anyway, tying it back to the, to the yarn, Bevan, when he messaged me, he was like, you should come in and have a mix sometime. I was like, yeah, fucking oath. So took my big ass laptop in, took a Serato <laughs> in, like hooked it up and played it and played way too heavy. I remember we played like legit, legitimately just dubstep and trap for like an hour at 11 o'clock. <laughs> I, I have a question for that one though, because when you say too heavy, yeah, on a 2013 era, yeah. what is too heavy on oh, a 2013 era? shit. I can't even... Like if I have to think about it, like because like for for right now, if we were to say too heavy for twenty twenty two, it'd probably be like something like Marauder or Aptex yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. But if it's 2014, 2013, what would be too heavy? Like the the times have changed. Eh? Too heavy back then. I think I was still playing like Eptic and uh, all that kind of shit back then, like real heavy shit. Yeah, Cookie Monster. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> oh, <okay>. yeah, <laughs> yeah, Cookie yeah. Monster. I'm getting a bit like, of yeah. I'm getting a bit of like, and picture like now. Yeah. That's sick. Delta heavy. Um, like all that old school heavy shit, but. Also new school at the time. It was, yeah, weird. But yeah, did all of that. And then, um, yeah, Bevan was like, okay, that was all good. You guys know how to DJ and whatnot. Um, and then, yeah, fast forward nine years. Nine years? Yeah, nine years. Nine years. Damn, come, come a long way. Nine years, that's a fucking but long time. Back then, was there was there like an official um, list of resident DJs back then? Nah, it was unofficial. So, so the unofficial official crew at that time was Movan, Keegan Jones or 1620, T yeah. Sonic, Nicola Timms, um, Bevan, me, Jackson, that might have been Liam and Liam and Tr Jacob Draper, or was it you guys? Nah, um, Dra Draper first. Yeah, it was ja yeah. Because they had a door called Grape View, was Grape it? View, yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So it was Grape View, that was the next sort of batch. Right. And I think it was because they hired Back Bar for their 21st or, or for a for an 18th or 19th or 20th or something, for a birthday party, they hired yeah. Backbar out. And they got like 100 people to go. It was fucking actually sick nice. ass. Um, and yeah, and, and Leighton at the time was friends with uh, with Jacob and he was filming. He like oh, brought his yeah. camera in, he was doing vlogs at the time, like all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, and then he just continued to come in with his camera and the boys just kept, kept coming in and yeah, it was. In a nutshell, it's just a bunch of good cunts yeah, having the same music taste, oh. and all being supportive of each other, and then 
Here we are, bam. Good counts is debatable. <laughs> oh. oh, are we getting some teas today? Good counts is debatable, bro. I don't know. Fuck, have you met Bevan? Fuck. Oh, oh yeah. I, I see what you mean. I see what you yeah, mean. Yeah, he's a wanker, bro. I don't know. Nah. Because <laughs> um, I believe that back bus layout back then was quite different from how it is right now. Yeah, right? it was. Yeah. Oh, bro. That's right. Fuck, you just reminded me. It was the, um, there, was this, there was this LED wall and the pixels were like, three centimeters apart so it was like <laughs> the shittiest led wall we've ever seen yeah. but like it was like the centerpiece of the room it was like a it was essentially like what an led wall is now just nowhere near as sick yet right yeah um and it was right in the dj booth and there was about probably a meter gap between the edge of the dj table and the led wall so like you're crammed in the space trying to dj like you take one step back and your back touches the led wall and it's fucking hot. Like, <laughs> like the thing is, like, is like, is astronomically freaking boiling. So I walked away with like third degree burns and shit from that. <laughs> shit, Fuck. it was sick though. Then they, um, then they got rid of that, and then they put that new movable stage thing in. Um, and then uh, was that was that um, that movable stage? Was it the one with the plywood? Yes. Yeah. yeah. It was literally, literally like a plywood fucking thing with four legs on either side and you can yeah. like shuffle it around and yeah bro not gonna lie i don't trust that stage yeah, i don't no. trust um the whole building of it nah not at all it was like there was one point where someone was jumping on it and one of the legs snapped underneath it oh but it just it, it stayed upright but it would just flex like uh, every time you took a step on it it would just the like flex that one panel of ply and the, yeah. the table's sitting like on that corner. So like the CDJs are like jumping around <laughs> and bouncing around and shit. So like, I don't know, it was, it was bootleg ass, but it was, it was what it was and we loved yeah. it, you know? Cause that also reminds me like my, the first time I DJ at Backbar, there was Uprising. Yeah. I was the first opener. Right. Yeah. I was the first opener and that was the first time me going on stage on Backbar. And I I just played a song. And then the vibrations on the stage, yeah. bro, I was like, that freaked the hell out of me. Because yeah. it's like, is this supposed to vibrate that hard, though? This is like a fucking full-on massage in some sense. <laughs> it actually was yeah. like a foot massage. Right? It, was fucking, yeah. it was actually wild. Now everything's bolted down and everything's fucking yeah. secure. And it's like, yeah, it's great. But like, I, m- I miss that like you know bootleg Backbar. It was sick. That also brings to my next question, which I was trying to ask. When did we start getting internationals? When did we start getting them? Yeah, do you remember them? Or, the or do you even remember who was the first international? I think our first international ever was Nick Thayer. Um, oh. Yeah, and I can't remember who, what group he was a part of. Yeah. Um, I think he was our first ever international artist. He's a dubstep guy, eh? Isn't yeah, he? yeah. I a think a bit a more neat, like the yeah, modern... 100 BPM? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But more like mid-tempo sort of sort of stuff. So I think he was our first one. And then the most memorable one for me, and still to this day, was yeah. Reed Speed, who oh. who is, I think she's Australian. Yeah, I'm pretty sure she's Australian. Yeah, but I'm not sure what genre she plays. Yeah, though. she just plays heavy as shit. She played heavy as shit. And everyone fucking loved it, eh? For, for after that show... That's I. That was like for me in my head. That was the turning point. After that show, people were like, "This place is sick," and started coming oh, to gigs and shit. Yeah. After that, yeah, it was it was that Reed Speed gig, but I can't remember when that was. Yeah. I'm I'm pretty sure that was after Nick Thayer. Yeah, I don't know. Would that be somewhere between 2015, 2016? Yeah, I think it was because I started actually DJing in there in 2014 in October. Yeah, and the first international was yeah would have been 2015, maybe midway through 2015. 
Because what, what was the deciding factor for you guys? Like, yeah, let's try getting an international artist and see how it turns out here. Honestly, that was all Bevan. I had, I had nothing to do back then. I was just 19, I was or nine, 18, 19 year old uh, pest running around, fucking <laughs> getting pissed and talking shit, you know. All the behind the scenes stuff back then, I had no involvement in it at all. That was all, all Bevan. <coughs> yeah, I think that was around the same time I met you, Jesse, actually. But yeah, it was. We met in. 2015? Yeah, 15, eh? New yeah. Year's. Yeah. <laughs> it was New Year's. Have, wait, Jesse, have you, um, were you already involved with EDM music back then? Uh, I was a fan. I had my first decks. Um, I had a dream. Yeah. I hadn't really mm. gone very far with it. But yeah, I got talking to Troy that New Year's about getting into DJing and, you know, what I could do yeah. or what gear I could look to get or whatnot. And yeah, just pretty much took it from there. But first time I came to Back Bar was probably 2014. Or 2013. Oh, okay. That was, like, I did not know what it was or anything. You know, coming to Hamilton was a big, wide world. I was living in Taupo, Taupo, however you want to say it. <laughs> yeah. And, um, yeah, just travelled up, so it was like being in the big smoke, going out, and I liked the comfort of the cave vibes rather yeah. than, you know, a big stadium-looking thing compared to the small Taupo clubs. Yeah. That also reminds me of uh, my own story, though, because... 2014 was where I came to Hamilton as well. Coming yeah. to a whole random random country, random That's city. That's right. Yeah. Because I think that the first time I've been in back bar was um, all week all week for uni. Yeah. Naturally. Yeah. Naturally. And I think it was Grand... Wait, no. Is it Grand Theft? Yeah, I think it might have been Grand Theft for a week. I, I can't remember which year was it, but... Yeah. I was pretty sure it was somewhere between 2014 and 16. It would have been 16. Yeah. Okay, probably, yeah. 16. Probably makes sense yeah. then. But yeah. I think Grand Theft was my first international that I seen in back bar. Yeah. But again, I during that time I wasn't too exposed to trap music yet, so I'm like, I'm, I'm not sure I was listening. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was like, oh yeah, cool. I'm just, I'm just clubbing. That's it. Yeah, That's exactly. Yeah. yeah, fuck yeah. Everyone, I feel like everyone goes through that phase. Eh? It was like initially they're just clubbing, so they'll yeah. go everywhere. They'll go to Bar One Hundred One, experience the nightclub vibe, and then yeah. once they're there for like a year, maybe a year and a half, yeah, they start to realize where plays the music that they like. like yeah, which place I, plays I, I realize. I like. think. That pivotal point for me was when I um when I watched OK. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think that night was the night where I was like, yeah, this this mu- this kind of music is kind of nice. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, like, that's sick. Kind of nice. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of nice. It's like filthy as trap. Eh? Yeah, and, and now I'm living, breathing <laughs> for it. Yeah. Picture YJ in the back with like a espresso martini. Like this is nice. This is <laughs> no, no, ear piercingly loud trap. Bro, music. I, <laughs> I only got onto espresso martini like just a couple of years back. Oh, bro, that's I was pretty amazing. sure. I was pretty sure I got that from Liam. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Lifesavers though. Oh, fuck yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is. It oh is. shit, yeah. When did you realize that you had a you had a knack on like you know you like bass music? Fuck, bro. Twenty ten, me at Jackson's house. Yeah, he'd be playing RuneScape on his laptop, and I'd be playing Modern Warfare three on the PlayStation. Yeah. We'd be blasting R.L. Grime and Flostradamus and all that sort of shit. 2010. 2010, bro. Like, R.L. Grime Flood. Uh, I had this, like, I had this, like, sub in my car. Bro, not gonna lie. I don't even know how the song sounds like. Oh, bro, I can't even shit. tell you right now. I just remember the name <laughs> yeah. so vividly in my head because we found it so, we looked it up so many times when we got in the car. Yeah. So every time we'd find a new track that had, like, a crazy bass line, we'd get in my car and, like, I had a very extremely obnoxious subwoofer in there. Yeah. So we'd like, okay, yeah, of course, <laughs> yeah, 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 little Subi Impreza. So we'd jump in the. Ah, right. So me and Jackson would jump in the in the car, and he'd be like, "Yo, sweet, yeah, play this. This is a, this is a track. It's Arl Grime Flood." And I'm like, "Okay, sweet." And then we'd just crank the sub all the way up, and we'd sit in the car, 
until the essentially until the battery died. Like I had to jump start that car so many <laughs> fucking times. Though. That for me was like, yeah, I love this shit. Because um, I, I come from like a rap hip hop sort of background. Oh, I also yeah. really, really love electronic music. Yeah. Um, at the like, so I still liked like, you know, Martin Garrix and like, obviously not all the way back then. It was probably more like Swedish House Mafia and um, oh, yeah, okay. yeah. Axwell and Ingrosso and like, you know, all of those guys. Like, Tully actually got me into that. That's the Tomorrowland side. Right. Stuff. So there's like that, there's like the influence from the Tomorrowland stuff. And then there's also the influence from like hip hop, R&B and yeah. all that sort of stuff from back in the day. Yeah. And I found the perfect in between, which was trap music. So I was like, kind yeah, of that makes the, a lot of sense. You know what I mean? yeah, takes yeah. the electronic uh, elements and also the hip hop elements and combines them. So for me, that was like a like complete brain explosion when I found trap music for the first time. I was like, holy fuck, this is exactly the kind of shit that I like. And then walking into back bar and that yeah. music was playing, I was like, holy fucking shit. We, like, we need to come yeah, here all the time. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? So, yeah. That sounds really similar to mine too because I think that's how I got exposed to trap music. Like, yeah. how I started liking yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because you listen to dubstep, eh, Jesse? Yeah. The more trap side of it definitely um, stemmed from the same kind of, like, origins was just thrashing hip-hop and R&B. Yeah. And yeah. Also, like, mine was kind of more thrashing hip-hop and R&B Finding a bit of a love for dubstep and then finding like a happy medium. Yeah, that yeah, was my yeah. that was my kind of journey. Even if you could find both in the same track, it's a big one. That, at the time, you know, I was yeah. like, "Fuck, that's that's insane." Do yeah. do you have any um, international artists that you've seen or supported that you really love, or like the artists that you love the most? Skrillex, bro. I don't even need to think about that. I'm such a Skrillex fanboy. It's just ha- really have you have you supported him as an opener? Nah, never supported him. Yeah. Um, but. The first ever concert I went to was with Jackson again. Yeah. His um his auntie um is really good friends with Fatboy Slim's wife. Um, right. she, she's the publicist for MGM, so she just does Ooh. like all kinds of crazy shit all the fucking time, right? Yeah. Um so when we were in year twelve, so two thousand twelve, it was Skrillex, Porter Robinson, Diane Wood, Fatboy Slim. Yeah, so those four were playing at Spark Arena or Vector Arena at that time. So in the Marsh, bro, like, uh, and that was like just that for me was like, holy shit, this is this is amazing. You know what I mean? And then that kind of just solidified um, EDM in my head as well. So would you class him as one of your idols? Oh fucking a, hundred percent. Because like not just the not just his music, but like he, he I mean, you know, music is a massive part. He yeah. literally changed the game with the Jack U projects. Um, oh, absolutely, mm. yeah. They changed the game for mainstream. Like they they made electronic music. Well, I wouldn't say they made it mainstream, but they played a massive part yeah. in making it mainstream. Like, um, yeah, I, I would agree on that because like we would all know that Avicii is one of those like pioneers. Yeah. I would definitely say Skrillex and also Jack U. Yeah, yeah. Shaped a lot of how bass music sounds like right Big now. Big time, man. Yeah. Big time. And they, yeah, and kind of just exposed it to the commercial audience. Like, Oh, absolutely, um, yeah. Like, Where Are You Now? It was like the fucking biggest track for like two years. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Or like a year and a half in the world. And that was like, everyone's like, who are these guys? I'm pretty um, sure it's still being played on MTV as well. Like, I still play yeah. it. Yeah. Like, I still play it. Yeah. <laughs> it's a fucking track, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and not just because of that either, because um, like I've, I know I'm a bunch of guys, like, because when he came and played at, um, I think it was listening. It was an after party for Listen Yeah, Out, yeah it was an after party at, at um, Impala, and he went back to back quirks and, like, you know, that yeah. was all of that stuff. Yeah. Um, but everyone, like, because a bunch of my mates were at that after party, and he stayed after uh, after the doors closed, and he was serving everyone drinks, and he was just a really, really nice yes, guy. Yes, I thought of that too, yeah. Yeah, so everyone, like, well, a bunch of my mates were there, and they said 
they just only had good things to say about him. He would go and have conversations with people, and like you know, yeah. like he wasn't too big for his boots. You know? yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So for me, that's that's a huge thing. You know, like like that's that's why I think he I idolize him quite a lot is because he's still just a dude. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? He's, still, it, he's human. He doesn't dehumanize you. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Because he's famous, kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah. Like I won't name names, but there's been a bunch of other times where like you've picked up with uh, I've done a transfer for like a. E class celebrity, quote unquote, who are just fucking divas, man. <laughs> oh, like, bro, sh- just shut the fuck up, bro. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, cool that you're here, but at the yeah. same time, bro, you're not a fucking god. Like, you know, yeah, yeah. So there's like two two sides to a coin, I guess. Um, yeah, the amount of sass that come out of some artists. Oh yeah, bro, it's unreal. Yeah. But like, yeah, the ones, the good ones, definitely outweigh the bad, like a hundred percent. And like, we never know this circumstance either. You know, they could fucking have just come from some wild shit. But yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. In, in terms of like big bass artists that you'd like to see, who's coming up or who would you like to see come up in Back Bar? Yeah. Oh, who would I like to see? Marauder. I don't even give a fuck. He's at the top of the list. Marauder or AKA Mastodon. He's the goat, bro. And uh, Sudden Death as well. Mm. Seen Sudden Death before, supported Sudden Death before. Like such a fucking good cunt. I can't believe that. But yeah, I mean, just the standards like Virtual Right, Barely Live, they've been before, but they're just can't go wrong they're just so good i've got a like a wish list that's a thousand miles long <laughs> i'll probably also say iso exo and knock would definitely be oh yeah fucking a yeah bro we were meant to have iso exo and stuka on the same night i know and that would have been good yeah and then COVID hit also a bit of off tangent because last saturday i think yeah because layton was yarning to me because he was just chilling with similar and I think you asked similar, like who was your like your biggest inspiration when it comes to music? Apparently Sudden Death was yeah. one of his He said Sudden Death, bro. Yeah, I was yeah. in the room. He said that Sudden Death is a massive inspiration to him. Yeah. And he said that they bumped into each other, um, I think it might have been at Rampage. Um, and Sudden Death came up to him and was like, Holy shit, it's similar. And Similar yeah. was like, Holy shit, it's Sudden Death. And they got talking <laughs> and like, you know, like they were big fans of each other's music. And he said that um he was saying that in drum and bass there's not very much uh, or there's not very many producers that do the dark rhythm spec drum and bass. Yeah, drum and bass. Like, yeah, like yeah. if you listen to Simula's music, Simula's music, he um is very rhythmy sort of synthy kind of stuff. That is true. That you is know what true. I mean? Like that boppy, boppy, bop track is fucking. Yeah. that's a banger though. Cold shoulder. Yeah, yeah, cold shoulder. Is that yeah. what it's called? Yeah, cold shoulder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that, that's a fucking track. Um, but he said that he gets a lot of inspiration from Sudden Death's dubstep that he that he makes and shit. Yeah. So yeah, and, yeah, and he played Confusion Spell yeah, as well on Saturday. P- played Confusion. Cool. Yeah. Oh, he also played a, a track, Duck Sword by S3 Dubs. Bro, that's a that's, Look it that's up. really <laughs> niche. That's a fucking banger. Yeah, it's very yeah. niche, bro. It's got like 300 plays on SoundCloud or some shit. And I was like, what the oh. fuck? But um, he played, yeah, yeah, S3 Dubs, which is like some rhythm from, yeah, this dude. But yeah, I was like, fuck, that's really cool that you take inspiration from Dubstep guys as well. What about artists you've supported? Was there anyone that is like the most memorable, oh, memorable bro, for you? It's got to be Sudden Death, eh? Sudden Death as well. Yeah, so it's a really close uh, tie between Sudden Death, Boombox Cartel, and Troy Boy for different reasons. But Sudden yeah. Death one was. Oh, bro, that was fucking one of the funnest nights I've ever had, eh? So he, we picked him up from the hotel, yeah. oh, from the airport, sorry. Yeah. My mate Richard, um, at the time he was like, oh, do you want to go, what do you want to do? Like, do you want to go do some stuff? And Sudden Death was still, I guess you could say, okay, without incriminating him, he was still kicking on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. From the Aussie show the night before. Yeah, um, that's all good. Which is good, yeah. yeah. It, was, it, was fun, it was funny as, man. And he's like, what do you want to do? And Sunday Death said, I don't know, like, you know, just do whatever. And Richard, my mate, was like, oh, well, my mate's uh, got a tattoo 
tattoo studio. Do you want a tattoo? And he was like, yeah, fucking oath. So <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? So went to this tattoo parlor. He got a tattoo. It was like uh, a square photo of a chick bust in a bra. <laughs> it was really bizarre. And it was tattooed on his calf. And we were like, yeah. oh, sweet. So he got that tattoo. And then we went back to his hotel. He just got really fucking drunk. It was me, Richard, uh, Sun Death tour manager, Colin, and Sun Death. And we were in there and we were talking, getting on the piss. And he was like, what tracks really go off here? And I was like, bro, Mr. Happy. Um, yeah, Mr. of course Happy. it is. Yeah, Mr. Happy. Like everybody fucking knows it. He's like, all right, sweet. Have you got a have you got a 320 um, of it? And I was like, yep. So I airdropped it to him and he was like, all right, sweet, I'm going to make a remix. So he's sitting there in the hotel room no headphones, nothing. He's just got his speakers. He's just tapping away at his keyboard, and you can hear. What like, speakers are they? Just his MacBook, like his just his Mac. Just the MacBook, <laughs> just his MacBook speaker, bro. Like nothing else. Literally just his Mac and a MacBook speaker. Didn't even have it fucking plugged in because he didn't even need to charge it. Yo, took, took him fifteen minutes to make this Mister Happy edit or remix. He's like, all right, sweet, I'm done. And he played it that night. And I, I remember that. Yeah, I don't think I've ever heard a crowd reaction like that in my life. I was like. Holy fuck, this cut. These guys don't even know that this cut made this in 10 minutes while he was pissed ass in a hotel room, like yeah. an hour before the show. Like, so sick, I, man. I remember that one because um, that was studio to venue. Yeah. Because nowadays I, I can't really like see myself in a crowd anymore. I'm claustrophobic as fuck. Yeah, same. But yeah, so that's why I was um, on top of the balcony. Yeah. So on the balcony, like, we were all just vibing, you know, like, yeah. not too hectic, but just vibing. And when he played that, uh, his version of Mr. Happy. Everyone upstairs was like, what the yeah, fuck yeah, was that? Yeah, yeah. yeah, he made it in 10 minutes yeah. after like half a bottle of Grey Goose in the hotel room with his MacBook and that was it. That's sick <laughs> because on, unreal, honestly, bro. like I didn't I didn't realise that his like creative process was like that fluid. Yeah, neither. I didn't even know yeah. that that was possible to do that. Like, yeah. <laughs> he was, I was looking at his, like he literally just was chopping and just doing all kinds of shit in Ableton. I had no idea at the time. Yeah, because this might sound kind of bad as well, but or maybe a bit incriminating. But to me, I somehow got this stereotype where a lot of like rhythm producers, they might be a bit of a one trick pony just because they start off as a bedroom producer and then they just stick on to that to that formula. Yeah. But yeah, sudden death with his like creative process that 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 really like made me felt really surprised. Yeah, yeah, it was insane, bro. Yeah, yeah it was that was really really cool. Um, and then I guess the next one would probably be Boombox Cartel, bro. They had never been to New Zealand before. It was their first. I think it was their first show. Um, Jackson and I went to pick them up in this big ass van because it was both the boys from Boombox Cartel. It was their videographer Joe, was their tour manager. Um, America's girlfriend who was a photographer. Yeah. So there was like five of them or six of them or some shit. So picked them up from Auckland and they're like, oh, okay, what's what's there that's really cool to do here? We're like, okay, well, we've only got the afternoon. So we like took them up One Tree Hill oh, yeah. and they were like, oh my God, this is really cool. And we like went and saw all the sites there. I like around there, just like went for a walk and like just got some, you know, outdoorsy sort of stuff. Yeah. And we got burger fuel and then we headed down to Hamilton. And on the way down, it was probably like 8.30, 9 o'clock at night. So it was dark by this point. Yeah. On the way down, they were like, oh my God, fuck, pull over, pull over, pull over. We're in Gordonton, right, from Hamilton. We're like, what the fuck? Like, what's yeah. going on? And they all get out of the car and they just like look up at the sky. And they're like, one of them was like, oh my fucking God, just like kind of broke down and started crying. Was like, holy shit, I can't believe music has taken me here. And he's like, look out. I was like, what's Yo. going on? I was like, 
what's going on? Like, they're just like looking, they're like, oh, we can't see stars where we're from. There's too much smog. Yeah, and it was like, I looked up and it was just fucking stars all out throughout the sky and they were just like losing their shit because they're like, holy fuck, I'm in New Zealand. That is wholesome as hell. Yeah, that's super cute. Yeah, it was the most wholesome (laughs) shit ever. They were just like looking up, they're like hugging each other and shit. And we're like, oh my God. So I got to the venue and then they were like, all right, let's get on the fucking piss. Got on the piss, they got on the crowd. They like, so energetic. They played a six set. It was like a packed room. Then they came to the 186 for kick-ons and they yeah. stayed there till like 6 a.m. And then um, like went back to back with them up there and like, you know, talked some shit. And then they eventually went back to the hotel room and then um, back to Auckland that next day. And then, yeah. Well, what about Troy Boy? Like? Just, just a bit of a brief rundown. Oh, yeah. brief one for Troy Boy. Yeah, he was the fucking nicest dude ever. Like really, really down to earth. Um, he, his manager's name was Banger. He was yeah. six, like banger, B A N G E R. And I was like, Your name's yeah. not banger. And he showed me his passport and it was literally banger. And I was like, yeah. Okay, that's fucking sick. He was yeah. like six, eight, bald um, African American guy. The most intimidating motherfucker I've ever met, eh? So we went to, <laughs> went to pick him up from the Sky City Hotel yeah. and we're in the lobby. Uh, this is Jackson and I. Yeah. We're in the lobby. We're like, Hey, mate, we're here in the lobby. And he's like, Well, yeah, we're in the lobby too. I'm like, Oh, fuck. Okay, well, we can't see him. Yeah. Go to the reception. We're like, is this a Sky City Grand? And they're like, no, that's across the road. This is a Sky City. And yeah. I was like, oh, fuck. So we like ran across the road. Banger's on the phone. This is like the first interaction we have with him. But he's on the phone. And then I'm like, Banger? And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sweet. Hangs up the phone. He's like, yeah, I was just on the phone to an Uber driver. Because, um, yeah. I was like, <laughs> oh, fuck. He's like, yeah, I told him don't worry about it because you guys just showed up. But, um, yeah. I would have probably just gotten the Uber. And I was like, oh, oh shit. Like, oh. <laughs> I was like, that, that like set the precedent. I was like, okay, this guy is not fucking around. Um, yeah. Then Troy really like met him and it was, he was all good. And he was like, oh, don't worry about it. Whatever. I uh, got to Hamilton. And it was just like a really, really nice dude. Eh? Like he, he would stop, take photos with everyone, have a yarn with everyone. Like was just really, really down to earth. Yeah. Um, and then I think after that show, I think he started to really blow up. Like uh, right. it was after hours that he released with Diplo. Yes. Mm. Like maybe that year. Um, and then he just took off. Eh? So yeah, yeah no, nah, he was, he was really cool. Um, actually, probably one last question before we wrap this up. Sure. Because you being such a pretty experienced DJ in Hamilton and there's this quote that I really love from um, MC Rolex. Oh, fucking good cunt. The guy. Yeah. He said this about Hamilton DJs punches above our weights. Yeah. I really love that quote. Yeah, because, I write that. Because um, I do agree that um, Hamilton's, Hamilton crowd would definitely be one of the most difficult crowds to play in New Zealand. Yeah. It's not so much the crowd. The crowd is dope. Yeah. It's the fact that there's 13 or 12 bars within a block. Yeah. That's the thing that makes Hamilton so difficult. So you either have to, you you are whether you know it or not, you're directly competing with every single bar that is yeah that is true. ten seconds walking distance away from each other. Yeah, that is true. So that's why you have you're forced to be a good DJ. If you're a shit DJ, they're just going to go across the road to the next bar. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because you know I mean? once they leave, it's quite difficult to get them back. Oh out. yeah, hundred percent. That's yeah. why. That's why I kind of I do I agree with that statement. To be fair, like because like the guy. The guys that are DJing or the guys and girls that are DJing in Hamilton now are yeah. extremely talented and yeah. that's because they've had to fight to get there. You know yes, what I mean? Yes, I like, fully agree. Yeah. But would you have any piece of advice for any upcoming DJs? Coming from someone that has you know such a rich amount mm. of history experience. Advice for upcoming DJs? Yeah. Yeah, like what's one piece of advice that you would give someone who wanted to start out and, okay, you know. If, okay, if they want to be a club DJ... Go to the club that you want to DJ at all the fucking time and show your support. That's 
Just yeah. the easiest way. That's the best way. You know what I mean? Get in front of the people that you want to play. If if you're if you're like, oh, I'd love to play at the back bar, or I'd love to play at the outback, or wherever, and you do that via a Facebook message, and you never go to the gigs. Yeah. How like you know what I mean? Unless you're extremely like ridiculously good at DJing, unless you're like an international traveling DJ, probably not going to take that much like take you into consideration, right? Because you're not even showing support for the place that you want to play at. Yeah, absolutely. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's a, it's a, it goes both ways. So if you're just going to rock up and be like, here's my mixtape, book me, and then fuck off until you get booked, you're not going to get booked. Like, absolutely. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, I fully agree. But if, the, if you're there, like, often, you're, like, making yourself known, you're introducing yourself to people, you're, like, becoming a member of the community, then you're way more likely to be able to, I guess, not get booked. Like, that's not a... a, a set way to get booked but you're way more likely to get recognized by the people that make the decisions right yeah that is true yeah um but yeah but if you just want to be like a dj then just fucking do it eh? like you don't even need mm. a controller you can do it in record box with a keyboard and mouse like you can yeah that's do it, right do it in virtual dj you don't yeah. need fucking cdjs you don't need all that shit like go and learn how to what djing actually is and then like the rest will follow, <laughs> the rest will fall into place. You've heard it, the golden <laughs> advice from Troy De Silva. Unless it doesn't work, and then it was Jesse's idea. So. <laughs> I'm not taking that yeah. blame. <laughs> Would you want to tell the listeners about? Um, well, actually, let the listeners figure out who Silver Nicholas Nichols is. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, Silver Nichols. Yeah. Whoa, those guys are fucking bro. One of them is fucking hot. Honestly. Yeah, plug, plug yourself in. Yeah. Tell, <laughs> tell the listeners your socials. Yeah. So, uh, Silver Nichols, that's me and old man Bevan. Um, we are on Instagram, Silver underscore Nichols. We're on Facebook. No, we're not on Facebook, actually. Just on Instagram. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we're just on Instagram. We're just two average party DJs, and we'll probably be playing at a gig near you, I don't know, this weekend. And definitely one of the best average DJs ever. <laughs> I wouldn't. Oh, I don't know about that. Bevan fucking sucks, but you know it's you know. Cash Troy, they do, they do Yeah, Cash Silver Nichols at Bag Bar almost every Saturday. Yep. Um, you'll see him at um, you know resident nights or headliner nights. Scantia this weekend. As yes, well. that's right. Wait, is it Scantia? Yes, yeah, Scantia this weekend. Scantia, we're closing after Scantia this weekend. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It'll be mean. It'll be, be mean. I'm fucking keen for that. Eh? You don't want to miss Silver Nichols close. Yes, oh. it's always a vibe. Oh, it's I'm always keen. a vibe. Yeah, I'm keen. Thank you. Um, socials on Facebook, on yep. Instagram, SoundCloud, Spotify as well, and also Henry and Tofu Shop. It's a pretty good. It's a pretty good episode. Should we plug Lara in there as well? And Lara, Dashfield, and Nex- Nexus, <laughs> and Nexus, and Nexus as well, <laughs> and Nexus, and WCU, and uh, Uncle Tix, Uncle Tix, <laughs> <Uncle Tux>, yeah. <laughs> Don't follow Uncle Tix. Don't do it. Well, yeah, no. Nah, thank you so much for spending thank your you time. Thank you, guys. Thank yeah. you. That was really cool. It was sick. It was fun. Yeah. Catch you guys later. Bye. <laughs> 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 <laughs>